This is Adam Gorney, the National Recruiting Director here with National Recruiting Analyst Sam Spiegelman, who lives in New Orleans, who is very well connected to LSU and knows what's going on there. So we brought him in for Tuesdays with Gorney to talk about everything, not only at Orgeron, but recruiting. We want to focus on recruiting here, LSU, how it's all going to play out, and the class. So, you know, right before we came on here, Aaron Anderson decommits. Do you expect this, Sam, to be a trend of guys kind of moving on, they wanted to play for Ed, or they just don't want to have the uncertainty? Or do you think this is kind of a a, a one-time off deal here? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be situational. I think you'll see some more decommitments. Um, it'll snowball a little bit, especially, I think, with out-of-state kids. Uh, with, with the kids in state, obviously, they commit to LSU. They commit to not only Coach O, but they commit to the program that a lot of them kind of wanted to play for or work to get an offer from over their high school career, they're seniors now, you know, guys like Terrence Welsh or, or Will Campbell, um, you know, and, and Walker Howard, who's a legacy at LSU. I think those guys, they were made aware of the situation. It's, it's a unique situation. Ed and his staff are going to stay there the rest of the season. Um, you know, there's a possibility, and, and these kids will know first, um, and their high school coaches will know first if, if any of the assistants will be retained. Obviously, it's Scott Woodward leading this decision so they can – uh, be in contact with head coaches and at these high schools. And, and that'll help, I, I think, especially with kids like like Walker Howard and Will Campbell, who are the prize of this this commitment class for 2022. Um, but, you know, guys like Mason Taylor, who's from South Florida um, and has offers from all across the country. They wanted to play for Coach O, I imagine. And, and he has a big part of their recruitment. So I think like Aaron Anderson, who had a great other option in Alabama and, and other suitors might emerge, um, you know, guys like. Trevante Citizen, who wanted to, to play at LSU and maybe for Kevin Falk. It could go either way, but the out-of-state kids, I expect to maybe leave this class with a lot of these in-state kids, like the ones I mentioned, probably waiting to see and figure it out from there. Yeah, Mason Taylor told me yesterday that he's definitely disappointed. Uh, he wanted to play for Orgeron, and that's not going to happen now. Uh, Alabama's coming after him. Florida, that'll be an interesting one. I think he just visited Arizona, and some other schools are going to be involved. I think Demario Tolan is a kid to watch, four-star linebacker from LS or from Orlando, who had been kind of hearing from other schools trying to flip him, maybe keep him in state. That'll be an interesting to watch. But like you said, Walker Howard will be interesting. That that Notre Dame visit was kind of maybe blown out of proportion a little bit. I, it, it almost feels like he just kind of wanted to take a visit and see another school more than really thinking about flipping. Uh but I mean, think about it. He, he committed in the spring of, of COVID. Before that, he had been to Alabama, A&M, um, and Mississippi State because he camped there and, and had to earn the offers along with LSU. Then COVID hits. He's never been to a game day environment other than LSU. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his dad is, is really close friends with the Notre Dame offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Um, you know, and, and Notre Dame really didn't recruit Walker. When when Walker was looking at schools, Notre Dame was not a school he ever mentioned. I really do think it was for the simple fact that, like, hey, we have the ability to go to Notre Dame on our, you know, on our own dime and, and see this awesome game. And, you know, if things work out, maybe we'll make it back to Baton Rouge for the big game at LSU. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff in Tiger Stadium. And even if he showed up at halftime, like, you could still sense the environment. That game was still being played. So I think you're right. We, we made a lot out of it. But I think that, you know, in the back of their minds, like, sure, like, we have this great relationship with Tommy Reese. If something were to happen, you know, these rumblings started back after the UCLA game, according to all the reporting. And it's been great reporting. So, yeah, I'm sure it was on their mind. I'm sure they had heard some whispers. And, you know, 
I think they're still going to to wait and see what happens at LSU, but you know, they're going to have to find some backup options. Yeah. Will Campbell told me he didn't really want to talk about it, which obviously he's disappointed and there's uncertainty and a lot of schools are going to come after him, but you know, he's a Louisiana country boy. I would be surprised if, if he leaves the state. Um, and he's best friends with Walker Howard. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that they're, whatever they do will be in lockstep together. You know, will, you know, I know he was high on a lot of schools before he committed Arkansas and Sam Pittman, uh, you know, obviously Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, but honestly, he's he's a kid that, you know, we kind of pegged as a must get for LSU because the stars were aligned for him to go to LSU. Uh, I imagine he's in wait and see mode. I don't think he's going to make a rash decision by any means. Yeah, one other commit, Jake Johnson, his brother is the starting quarterback. So I would doubt that he would really look around all that much. Georgia just got a commitment from Oscar Delp. So I think they're probably out of the picture. So I think he stays. So like we said, I don't think it's going to be a complete overhaul of the recruiting class. We'll see who they bring in. It'll be interesting. You know, there are some crazy names out there, some big time names. It's obviously a huge job. Um, I would not be surprised if Scott Woodward puts all the money on the table for Jimbo Fisher. If that's an, if that's an upgrade, I don't really know. I think that's debatable. We'll see. We'll see in which way they go. Um, but let's talk some guys that are not committed anywhere and where it stands with those guys, especially in state, because we all know LSU recruits the state better, their state better than almost anybody nationally. They lock it down every year. And I've written about it a million times. It's it's almost boring to, to write about it anymore. But the last number one player in Louisiana to go anywhere else was Landon Collins in 2012. So that's a decade that they've gotten every single number one player in the state. And when Landon Collins chose Alabama over LSU, his mother threw a, a baby fit on national television at the Under Armour game. So it's not it's even like, everyone in the state continues to talk about on a year in and year out basis. Yeah. It's not even like anybody was really all that supportive of him doing that. It obviously turned out very, very well for him. But even when the last one did it a decade ago, there was a huge kerfuffle about it. So let's talk to Jacoby Matthews, who had been committed to LSU, is looking at the Texas schools pretty good, but a lot of people feel like he ends up back at LSU, maybe even with this coaching situation, a little bit uncertain. He's not in any really real rush to make a decision. So does that kind of help him as he goes through this these next few months? Yeah, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're floating around a lot of the, the same names of schools that he's looking at, like Jimbo Fisher and Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think with, with Jacoby, he's, he, he knows what LSU is. Um, obviously, a lot will depend on Corey Raymond's status. And, and I think that, you know, Scott Woodward, you know, comes across, I've never met him, comes across as a pretty sharp guy. I think he's aware that a lot of LSU's success recruiting defensive backs, from in, you know, especially in-state, but also nationally, comes with Corey Raymond's reputation. I imagine he might ask any coach that's hired uh, to retain Corey Raymond. And I think any coach who gets the job at LSU would love to have Corey Raymond as their DB coach. Yeah. Um, but Jacoby, I can tell you that, you know, as of earlier this month, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he wasn't even planning to officially visit LSU, but that could now change. That actually might help them because yeah. there's going to be a new coach probably in place by the time he he's ready to do that. And in early December, uh, and, and yeah, he has some other visits lined up, Alabama. Uh, I know he, he's, he's, he was just at Texas. He was at uh, the Cotton Bowl looking at Oklahoma, too. Uh, 
Um, but he's been to those schools and he was planning to see them anyway. And he knows what LSU is from a program standpoint and people in the state of Louisiana and coaches outside the state of Louisiana, both feel that LSU is going to be in it to the end, you know, before and now after the situation. Yeah. I've written about this before and LSU does a great job in state, but this year they could have done an even better job than, than normal. I don't think it, I think it's been like 15 years since they've gotten the top 10 players in state. And this was the year that it was, it was possible. Jamon Tapp is still committed to Texas and that looks probably stronger than ever now, although he, you know, was rumored to be back in interested in LSU. And it was kind of a surprise that he had committed to Texas in the first place. But the guy I want to talk about is Quincy Wiggins. He's a potential five-star guy. We saw him this summer at the five-star challenge. He's awesome looking, 6'6", 265. Honestly, still learning the position in a lot of ways, but that means, you know, as people in the industry say, the ceiling is higher. That, that's actually good that he doesn't really know everything yet. He's not topped out. Um, but just like an awesome-looking physical defensive end type. And it seems like he told me Florida very, very high, Texas very, very high. But he's a Baton Rouge kid, and those kids usually stay home. So does this in any way really knock LSU out, or do you think he still is is still very, very much LSU? Yeah, it's kind of the same sort of uh, logic that you would apply to Jacoby as you have to do for Quincy, and, and even more so that, like you said, he's a Baton Rouge kid, and he's got a lot of strong connections to LSU. Um, and that, yeah, that included LSU head coach Ed Orgeron and 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 the defensive line coach, Andre Carter, but Andre Carter's only been there for a year. He's one of these new assistant coaching hires that's under scrutiny. Uh, so yeah. And, and also Alabama, you have to, you can't forget Texas. Um, I know that when they returned back from Texas over the summer, uh, that was something that they said, wow, we didn't even realize the way that, that Texas is run. They're now in the picture. They had that same feeling after Alabama, which is kind of what you would expect. Um, and then also Florida, yeah, that visit uh, that visit loomed large that he just took a week ago. Um, and then the Florida coaches before their game on Saturday were at the Madison Prep U-High game, which was one of the bigger games in state this past week. So, um, yeah, I expect this to maybe hurt LSU's stock for the moment. They have a lot to figure out. And like Jacoby, they're, they're all in wait-and-see mode. But Alabama has been in it, and they're going to continue to be in it. Same for Texas, same for Florida. And same for LSU. I don't, I don't, whoever the head coach is, is going to know that Quincy Wiggins is the top priority. He was LSU's number one uncommitted priority um, in this class, from what I understand. And I imagine that when Scott Woodward is going to inform the next head coach that it's also going to be a top priority. As we go down the list, Trevante Citizen is a guy that's committed. But, you know, again, Texas, Texas A&M, a lot of the Texas A&M commits are trying to get him involved that's going to be interesting to kind of watch to see how that plays out um but another running back Le'Veon Moss was committed to Alabama Alabama absolutely wanted this kid he's exactly kind of what they like in running backs a little shorter a little heavier strong big time Fast. runner hard hard-nosed kid but that's exactly what LSU likes in their running backs too so he decommits from Alabama Alabama is still sort of in it with him again another Baton Rouge kid do both of those kids go to LSU with the uncertainty? Do they wait? Do they do they just say, you know, screw it, I'm going to go somewhere else? How do you kind of see Citizen and Moss playing out as a as a tandem or or separately? Yeah, uh, you know, Louisiana has been uh, pretty uh, lucky this this year in the 2022 class with with ATN Citizen and then Moss also emerging. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I know that there was a lot of optimism. Um, there, there still is a lot of optimism about citizens staying in this class. Um, a big reason why is, is obviously uh, Mason Smith recruited him at Mississippi State and now is at LSU. And, you know, if, if, if Coach O is going to stay out the rest of the year, I imagine a lot of these assistants and personnel guys are also going to stay on board. And I think Citizen is very familiar with, with the surroundings at LSU. Um, and I think it was kind of always the school to beat for him once he got offered. Um, so I like the chances that Citizen sticks. Um, the bigger fish to uh, for LSU would be either the ATN Moss debacle, and and both are very much uh, likely candidates to wind up at LSU, and both I think are still going to remain in the hunt. But uh, Moss, I know that there was a lot of optimism before he committed to LSU because the staff the staff really is high on Moss. Like you said, he's got all of the traits that that they seek, and he's a Baton Rouge kid. Um, and then, you know, ATN is the younger brother of Travis, is basically the one that got away for LSU. He happened to be that other back when when Clyde Edwards Hilaire was 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 being recruited by LSU. And I don't think LSU fans regret getting Edwards Hilaire, who was obviously a first round pick and a key element on that national championship team. Um, but I know that, you know, Kojo and, and Kevin Falk were both recruiting ATN and, you know, Kojo and what, what, you know, took a very enlarged role in recruiting ATN. He offered, he was the first offer when I think he was a freshman or sophomore. He was the first offer from LSU. And he told Trevor, I'm not going to lose you like I lost Travis. That was, you know, obviously they look at Travis, another first rounder that went to Clemson and helped them with a the championship run. Both are still going to remain in the plans. You know, Trevor is looking at Florida and obviously, you know, Clemson's having a down year, but, you know, they, they, they know what Clemson is and, the fact that Travis was just a first round pick playing in Jacksonville, that might actually help uh, his chances of leaving the state. But I know that, you know, people close to the ATN family believe that mom kind of wants to stay closer, you know, and maybe enjoy life and being able to see her, her son in Baton Rouge. Um, so there's a lot to be determined between Moss and ATN. Like I mentioned, you have, you have Florida and Clemson as two of the bigger fish uh, after Trevor and Alabama was definitely checking the tires on him. Uh, and with Moss, not only has, has Texas uh, A&M and Alabama continue to push for him, I'm told that Georgia was also a team that was kind of pushing the tires. You know, I know that he's, he's kind of a coin flip to, to leave the state. LSU really wants him. But I think maybe this news could, could definitely open the door for one of these other states to, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M to kind of come in and, and poach one of these bags. Two other, two other pairs of guys I want just real quick takes on before we get to the final question here. Uh, Austin and Jaden Osbury, and then Shaz Preston, the top receiver in the, in the state, and Shelton Sampson, the top receiver in the state in 23. A lot of those guys just stay home. There's been a lot of success there. There's been a lot of success at Alabama with those guys too. How do you kind of see the Osberries and then the receivers? Um, I, I've always felt that the Osberries would end up out of state, uh, especially Austin, who's uh, the senior right now, and he's having a fantastic senior season. Alabama likes him. Auburn likes him. Um, he was Florida likes him. Um, I, I, again, I, for some reason, we, we've spoken about this. His recruitment has been a little bit strange. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, obviously his dad played at LSU. They're, they are the legacies most likely to leave the state. I felt that with Coach O as the hire, you know, his dad has been somewhat kind of a scapegoat in this uh, Title IX investigation. 
Um, I'm not, I'm, I really don't know if that's even a part of it, but they've always been kind of leans out of state. I know that they, they've been to LSU. They've enjoyed the, they were at the Auburn game. Um, I, I still expect them to leave the state. Um, I've, I've always felt that uh, Jaden would be more of the, the cat, the wild card, maybe with a new coach to recruit him for a little bit longer amount of time. Um, Shelton Sampson, same deal. Uh, obviously um, more in the boat is he's always kind of felt like he would be LSU's to lose, but mm-hmm. A&M is a school that really likes him. So is Alabama. And those are, those are heavyweights in the sec. Um, and they're not far from home, both about, you know, four five, six hours away. Um, I think LSU and the new coach, depending on who it'll be, if it's a Jimbo Fisher, that might, that might help if it, you know, is, is it someone like Pete Golding who's from Louisiana and a big reason why Alabama's in the picture, maybe, uh, you know, so I think, you know, is it, is it Lincoln Riley? That would, that would obviously intrigue a wide receiver who's six, four, 190 pounds and runs a four, three forty. Um, but you know, long way to go with Samson, long way to go with Jaden Osbury, um, I do think Austin was was leaning out of state this entire time, um, and I think this will only maybe solidify that. Um, with Shaz, you know, with, with the uncertainty, I wrote about this last week. Um, you know, Georgia and Alabama were were in it as much as LSU was, even being the in-state school. Um, I don't know if Coach O leaving necessarily hurts or or doesn't hurt, but Mickey Joseph and and Mason Smith are are two to watch there. Um, I think they're going to they're going to be comfortable waiting and seeing uh, who this hire is. And he's one of those recruits that, you know, whoever they hire, I mean, losing Aaron Anderson was, was almost your, your, your safety net. If you, if Shaz Preston did go to Texas or Alabama or Georgia. And I think those are the three biggest teams competing for it. Um, I don't know if uh, it depends a lot on the hire and, and obviously the assistant coaching hire. I think Shaz Preston 50-50 50-50 still, maybe, maybe you might want to tilt that a little bit more in favor of the out-of-state schools now, but a big hire could could, cer- could certainly catch Shaz's attention. Um, and, who is, and I think that's all you mentioned. And, and that's it. Last question, real quick. We can't talk recruiting any, any, any day anymore, any longer for the next two years if we don't talk Arch Manning. We'll all right. Manning I'll every day. It's a thing that has to happen. It's so much fun, and uh, we're so excited about it. Every single day, talk Arch Manning. Does this matter at all? He loves it too. Uh, the the rumor The rumor was that if Ed Orgeron was there, he would not go to LSU. Now, I have no idea if that's true or not. But there are so many schools with guys that Steve, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas is going to design an offense for Arch Manning to succeed. Every quarterback at Alabama, the offense is designed – uh, to succeed. Bill O'Brien, who was a former NFL coach and GM, is the offensive coordinator at Alabama. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that in terms of development. Georgia is an interesting one, but um, he loved his visit there. was an NFL offensive coordinator now. Right, exactly. So everywhere Luke, he was offensive going, line coach is very close friends with the Mannings. Exactly. So the connections there are, are plenty. I feel like bringing in a new coach, whether it's Jimbo, if it's Lincoln Riley, absolutely helps LSU. But I also feel like getting out of New Orleans and establishing himself somewhere else might be the move for Arch Manning long term. How do you kind of see this play out? Does Can anybody really know right now where this kind of stands? Absolutely not. And that's exactly it is. You, you started it, and, and let me continue. There are so many X factors with Arch Manning. Um, it's such interesting timing. Um, 
if you think about it, you know, there's so many different angles to take with this. And I know you wanted to get me out of here, but there's so much with uncertainty with Arch Manning that let, let's just dive in real quick. Yeah. Um, first off, Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Clemson, Alabama, the five schools that he's making uh, in-season visits to. Uh, everything from that I understand is that that does not limit the, that's only the five schools that Arch Manning will end up in. Um, Texas has been the team that we're all not. And that when I say we, I do not mean me, um, or you, um, everyone is pointing to all this Texas momentum. And, and I yeah. think there's a lot of momentum with Texas. Uh, he was just in Austin and they, they lost, um, a heartbreaker for the second week in a row. He loves coach Sark. He loves Millie. Um, he loves the city of Austin, like the rest of us, um, and I guess the, the the big thing I heard before the visit was that uh, it was kind of a compromise that like the family and Arch both really like Austin, so it could work out. Hey, I'm 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 I myself am trying to get a house in Austin if the real estate bubble ever pops. So let's 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 all keep it makes sense. You know, Lane Kiffin is one of the names that has been floated around for the LSU job, and and obviously the Manning name is he's an Ole Miss legacy. His his dad went to Ole Miss and, and they're, I think that's the next visit on the schedule. And, and Matt Corral is the king of college football quarterbacks right now. Um, and Jeff Levy is a, is a name to obviously that has done a really good job with Arch. Um, and, and Levy is the name with connecting Arch to Ole Miss. If Lane Kiffin became the head coach of LSU, if Lincoln Riley, whoever it is, is they're going to have a shot with Arch now. Um, there's just so much, uh, pulling him he, he grew up going to Ole Miss and LSU games so you know do I do I think if Ed Orgeron was the head coach of LSU he would end up there no um that that's me though they've never said that and and he's continued to make visits and he could still make a visit you know this sometime this season or or, or after the season I expect whoever the next head coach is is going to have a shot to get Arch on campus um one thing that Cooper had said was like yeah um, these visits are not by accident, but they're also all schools that they could get to pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, for leaving Friday night, with the exception of Austin, they got there on Friday because it was a Thursday night game, as we all know. Um, but he said, like, you know, if, if Arch wants to see another school in the spring, I'm not going to tell him no. Right. They There's no concrete timeline. And I think that, you know, all the, all things considered in the last week, uh, Ricky Collins, a rivals 250 quarterback in 2023, committed to Purdue. He went out of state. Uh, over the summer, the biggest story, I think one of the biggest shocking storylines in Louisiana was Eli Holstein from Baton Rouge committing to AM and Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves Arch as the best available quarterback in the state of Louisiana. And let's just skip over Jacoby Matthews for a second. Arch Manning is the number one player in the state. He's the number one player in the country for 2023. He's the subject of college football recruiting conversations daily now, as you mentioned earlier. Um, They've never missed on a kid in state. I imagine that maybe Arch Manning might be a factor in whoever they hire. Um, You know, Arch likes Steve Sarkeesian uh, and Kirby Smart maybe the most of the, the head coaches and Dabo Sweeney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks a lot with Nick Saban and they're all like, they're all football minds that are developed. Like you said, they're going to develop an offense around him. Um, you know, if they got Lincoln Riley, if they got Jimbo Fisher, if, uh, they got Lane Kiffin, 
if they got anyone with with some sort of NFL background, if anyone with an offensive background, which you you just imagine would be the direction that LSU would go in after so many defensive hires, um, I'd be it might it might give LSU a, a I think it definitely gives LSU uh, a better shot than they had with the previous coach. Um, that's not a knock on Coach O. It's just the way that. Um, I think you're, you're hearing about the program and all this reporting. And I think that's what they're paying attention to. Um, if you, if you, you know, Arch really likes Jake Peets. And I think, um, I think Nelson was telling you about that in the last Tuesdays with Warney. Um, and he's always talked about Peets with me. And, and I think that they had a good relationship, um, whether you believe that or not. I think this, whoever they hire will ultimately give them a better shot. Uh, with Arch, uh, who will obviously be the, the crown jewel of the 2023 class. I always felt LSU was in the, in the race, um, but certainly not any one of the favorites. It'll be interesting to see who they hire and what effect it'll have. Um, but it's way too early to tell with him. Um, I don't even think, even if you looked at the five schools, he the three he's been to and the two more he has on deck this month, I still don't think Arch has any clue where he's going each week is kind of a learning experience for him. And, and I think that he didn't pick these schools by accident by any means, but there's still a long way to go with him. I think he would love to be done with this because of maybe the nonstop 24 uh, seven coverage of every time he, he goes somewhere, but you know, it's, it's, it's something you have to deal with. And I think he's handling it, handling it as well as anyone could. I think his coach is handling it well. I think his family is handling it well. Um, and I think, you know, we all have a job to do and I understand that, uh, but I think there's still a long way to go. I think this visit to Texas loom large. I think this visit to Ole Miss coming up looms large. And I, I don't know why people are ruling out Clemson yet. Um, I think coach Streeter and coach Sweeney have a long way to go with that as well. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, so we'll see. All right. 26 minutes. I think we're done, Sam. Cool. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gordog.